She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I'm so excited. One of my favorite people, Reed Davis, is going to be on our show. He is a returning guest because everyone loved him so much and you wanted him back. And so today we're talking everything health. And Reed, welcome. Oh, thanks so much. Really appreciate being here, Chantel, with you and your audience and amazing people and wonderful things to do. Well, today I want you to kind of tell people why you are a proponent of intermittent fasting and kind of maybe your journey on intermittent fasting and what you've seen as the benefits of, because you work with so many clients, you do lab work on people. What have you seen that has been the best things that have come out of the intermittent fasting world? Oh, well, you know, almost anything that bothers you will probably be improved. If you control your diet, your intake, I mean, it goes along with, you know, exercise and stuff, resting, and there's lots of things to do to get healthy, but I can't think of something that wouldn't improve if you would check your intake from time to time, kind of eat more on an ancestral basis. You know, our, our great ancestors, whoever they were 500 generations ago, um, they didn't sit around and eat all day. They didn't have a kitchen to go by and, and pull stuff out of the fridge and a big pantry there full of all the goodies and things you love. You know, they ate what they needed to eat on a schedule probably tied very much to the circadian rhythm, you know, the wake-sleep cycle. And um, and they didn't mind being hungry sometimes. Kind of Kind of part of the territory. I would ask people, when was the last time you felt hungry? <laughs> you know, I mean, really hungry, not craving, because craving's different. Matter of fact, 20 some years ago, when I first got in this business, I came out of a different field I could tell you about. But man, when I got into this, I was asking people to eat a certain way. And I had a guy call me up after just a couple of days. Hey, read something wrong. I'm like, worried. Well, what is it? And, um, he says, there's something wrong with my stomach. What? Now I'm really getting nervous. Like I ruined this guy's life or something. He goes, he goes, I don't know, man. He goes, it just feels so empty. I started laughing. I go, I go, brother, that's called hunger. And it, it just kind of proves that we talked about, uh, about, you know, the cycle that needs to be um, restricted in some way. So intermittent fasting, I call, I have another one. So time-restricted eating is a good way of seeing people shed pounds. Clear thinking come back. They're even their cardiopulmonary. They feel like doing more exercise because they're breathing better. And just lots and lots of things from, from quit consuming so often and so much. And the wrong things. Yeah. And I do want to bring up because, you know, obviously I'm a huge proponent of intermittent fasting. Otherwise I wouldn't have created this podcast because it's made huge impacts in my life. But one thing that I don't think people talk about is some of the downsides. And one of the downsides of fasting that can happen and keto is that it can cause problems with your poop, right? Like constipation. And some people 
don't realize that intermittent fasting can throw your bowel movements completely out of whack. And so some people, a possible side effect of intermittent fasting is constipation. And then other people have the opposite issue like diarrhea. And so, you know, stool consistency and frequency of bowel movements are related to what you put in your mouth, a lot of it, right? Or what you don't put in your mouth. And so people can suffer from constipation. And I'm constantly getting emails. I think I mentioned on a couple of podcasts that I struggle with constipation. And so when people email their questions, they're constantly talking about, I'm constipated, I'm constipated. And we need to talk about that because I think people, especially when they do do intermittent fasting, sometimes they don't realize like how much fiber they're getting. And fiber is really important to bulking up your stool. So kind of talk a little bit of that. Like what, what are you seeing when people come to you and they say, I'm really constipated or I'm going from being constipated and then diarrhea and kind of going back and forth? What is your best solution for that? Yeah, you know, it, it's always in this business in the uh, almost quarter century now um, how different people are. You mentioned, I get constipated. Oh, I get, I get the opposite. Well, neither one is normal, neither one's fun. And um, something's definitely out of balance and out of rhythm. And usually you can correct that. So I would say, you know, let's, let's take a look at what can we do. And some of that means looking at the causal factors. And so when you change your diet, if it changes your bowel habits, that's called a clue. Like, have you upset the microbiome or have you thrown your nervous system, believe it or not, out of balance? And so it's all about balance. And uh, the first one I'll address, because uh, we need to come back to the sympathetic and parasympathetic. You know, pooping is pretty parasympathetic activity and so you need to balance you can't be in fight flight all the time you've got to be, and believe it or not food can contribute to balance of the sympathetic and parasympathetic and so there's lots of other things but um when it comes to changing your diet and the microbiome that's equally important so what i notice especially with people who let's say cut out gluten well that's probably a good thing for some people to reduce the, the gliden actually that isn't getting properly digested. And it's also probably ticking off your immune system. And so one of the ways that works is that your microbiome starts changing. You know, microbiome is the, is the, is, there's supposed to be a balance between good and bad flora. If it was 80% good, 20% bad, so-called unfriendly, you know, as long as they're not uh, serious, pathological bacteria, you're, you're probably going to be in okay shape if you got that kind of balance. Well, the healthy flora, 80%, you know, you had a few pounds of it living in you, uh, millions and millions of cells. Well, guess what? If you take away the diversity of your food, you take away from the diversity of your microbiome, even the commensal good, good bacteria, because a lot of that bacteria feeds on the fiber and the, um, it's called prebiotic of grains. So you're eating bread or you're eating some, no, um, pasta and different things. Well, you're, you're even your good flora can feed on that in a good way. Prebiotic is good. Um, you're either just remember the problem is the gluten in your, and, and this principle applies to intermittent fasting as well. 
when you change your diet. But I just really wanted to get across that you need those prebiotics to feed the good flora. And so when you lose them, because you're not, oh, I quit all bread. Well, what did you use? What are you, what are you adding back in to keep the prebiotics up, inulin um, and other things that would be just like eating apple every day? That's plenty of fiber. Um, the pectin, pectin is a great prebiotic. Um, so that's how diet can screw up your microbiome, which can screw up your bowel habits quite easily, quite easily. And, um, you know, you need to keep your diet real diverse, even if you're limiting calories or something like that, uh, so that you keep your microbiome real healthy. Does that help a little bit? Yeah. And I love that. I think that people can get into a real rut. I know I can, like I get into a kick and I'm like eating the same thing over and over again and keeping your diet diverse. Like one thing that I notice whenever I go on vacation, besides getting a bunch of vitamins, vitamin D from the sun, mm. I always feel so much better. But one of the things is because I'm always trying to find like healthy restaurants to eat at and that sort of thing. And I'm eating so much diverse food and I'm feeling so much better because I think at home you can just go, you know, I know I cook the same, I can get into a habit of cooking the same thing. So what are some of the supplements that you do and what what do you do to kind of keep things diverse and kind of any supplements that you take that you go, these are game changers for me, for my health? Yeah, um, it's such a huge area. I mean, you know, I teach, I teach a course in functional lab work and natural protocols. And so every time somebody asks me a question, I go to this 30,000 foot view of the whole area. Because when you teach, that's what you do. You well, there's this, all these things involved with supplementation, um, and then, well, is it really supplementing um, a needed ingredient? It, yeah, it should be vitamins and minerals, for instance, phytonutrients, trace elements, uh, you know, amino acids or essential fatty acids. Um, how about antioxidants? So all of these supplements, because you mentioned them, could be Add it into the mix um, when you know how to use them. And they're very good. I don't think food enough. Let's start with that. The food enough isn't isn't good enough because food doesn't have enough nutrition in it anymore. It's all grown in a barren soil and things like that. Even if you're eating or organic, you're just doing that to eliminate pesticides and herbicides, which is good. But are you really getting all of the, again, vitamins, minerals, essential fatty acids, antioxidants? phytonutrients, trace elements, all the stuff your body really requires to function well, to make the enzymes and, and uh, everything that goes on in your body. It's, it's quite, a, quite a lot of things going on, quite, quite an orchestration. So you need all that. You can't get it from food, so you've got to supplement. Now, with that in mind, that big view, now come, you talk about, well, how do I apply that to this idea of bio, um, diver the diversity in my microbiome? Yeah, you can switch up your supplements all the time. You probably should go and try a bunch of different things, just like you try a bunch of different foods because you want a very diverse microbiome. It's almost like the more diverse, the better. Um, and there's certain families that we want to see a bunch of this and a bunch of that, all these different, they're called phyla, you know, different different ones in each category. 
that that all need to be in the mix. And um, uh, and you're right. You just said you know you kind of get used to the same thing, and that diversity goes down. I have to enter here, Chantel, that we have a test for foods that we do. 176 foods, or a test for your sensitivities. Is are, are any of those foods kind of upsetting uh, the apple cart in any way, causing any kind of inflammation or reaction or anything? But no one eats 176 foods. It's just that, so we could cover so many different diets. Heck, um, people go through that list of 176 foods and they don't eat 150 of them. <laughs> you know, so it's kind, of, it's kind of really interesting how that works. And so we keep telling them, well, look, you tested sensitive to this, 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 and this, whether you eat it or not, you don't have to challenge this test. Um, but look at all the things you weren't reactive to. So now you open up this whole world of diversity in a way that's very meaningful to me, which is um, diet. You know, I love to travel. I love to try different foods. If I'm at a restaurant, I never had that before. Oh, give me some. I, I want to see what that does. And you learn to enjoy these different tastes and flavors and you get the satisfaction of eating um, diversity, diverse foods. And so therefore there would be diverse supplementation as well. And, um, you know, everyone has their favorites. I don't want to mention too much, but, um, I'll, I'll just say that the other side of this that you can't get from supplements, because again, you can get extra vitamins, minerals, essential fatty acids, antioxidants, you, you name it, these different little things. They're called micronutrients. And boy, do you need them. You want to function really good, have good skin, have good energy on a cellular level. Um, you need to have all those things as, as much and diverse uh, as you can. But the other key, and this does, it, whether you're doing time-restricted eating or uh, intermittent fasting, we sort of want to call it, we, we could talk about the differences, but it's the macronutrient ratios. So we talked about your mic micronutrients. They're kind of missing from food a lot. So you take them supplementally. Uh, the, the protein, fat, and carbs, that ratio is so critical, Chantel. And I have never seen so much misinformation. I hate that word. It's been rude. <laughs> but I hate to see it, uh, the misinformation on macronutrient ratios, because it's devastating. It's gotten worse than ever. Well, let's talk about that. So, so talk about what what is the right ratios, and how, you know, how particular should people be on it? Kind of make it where, like, let's talk about what you do um, for you know regarding your fats, carbs, and proteins, and figuring out okay, what are the right ratios, and and figuring out how strict you want to be with that. Otherwise, you you kind of go crazy. You know what I mean, too. Yes, you can drive yourself absolutely nuts. And so, just remember, basically, there's micronutrients, all those little things, and then there's macronutrients and ratios uh, involved. So, if everyone followed the standard sort of paleo diet of today, three things can happen: you feel better, you feel nothing. You feel worse. That's it. Just okay. Go 
well, good luck. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, can we, can we not depend on luck? I mean, especially if you're in the business, you can't leave it to luck. That's why people come to you is that luck isn't working for them. And so we have a little test. It's at um, uh, mtdiet.com. It stands for metabolic typing. So mtdiet.com. That's just a good place um, where people go and, and look it over, kind of get tested. But the test you could do on yourself, and everybody could do this, is they would start with a meal and start playing with those ratios. And it'd be a good thing for you to sort of write down what you've been eating the last few meals, and, and, you know, what you think the ratio is, more protein, more fat, more carbohydrates, or some meals like all carbohydrates, it's never good, you know, fat. And, and it's how it looks on your plate that matters. So this is really simple. So the ratio, like a pie chart, you know, this much protein, this much fat, this much carb. And, and uh, a lot of your protein obviously has the fat in it. Because if you take a big piece of meat, well, there's your protein and your fat. And you look at a side of mixed vegetables, well, there's your carbohydrates. They're a complex, high-quality carb carbohydrate. And you pretty much, for a while, would want to eliminate your simple carbohydrates. Like, um, again, with those comments I made about diversity in mind, pr probably keep the starchy um, things out of your diet for a little while you know, the breads and pastas and, and that kind of stuff because they're very low quality. Um, so if uh, you were to give somebody, if you were going to give somebody, you know, what the the amount, what percentage that you would give them for the proteins, fats, and carbs, what would what would you think is the best one for weight loss? Approximately. Uh, yeah, well, the, the lower carbs diets seem to work really well for a lot of people but i have to give you remember i just can't come up with a really simple answer that sounds cheap to me so here's the deal people have these different types they could be a protein type a carb type or kind of somewhere in the middle and you'd want to know that so you'd have a starting place like the reason that paleo diet works so good for some people is because they're pretty fast oxidizers they they burn energy this fuel on a cellular level real fast so they're fast oxidizers classic fast oxidizers everyone always says oh the eskimo yeah they are they're on a cellular level the way they're designed their genetic makeup their innate intelligence in their cells that runs everything says i need to burn slow burning fuel because i burn it so fast you know and you could think of it so what is slow burning fuel fat and protein especially fat that burns the slowest of all the the three fuels protein fat and carb if you can get that fuel i'm just want to tell you if you can get that fuel mixture just right you'll have lots of energy you won't have any cravings you'll have a sense of well-being a good mood sort of sort of a thing going on and um you'll feel completely satisfied like nothing's missing if you get the ratios right so so let's start there now if I started everybody on, oh, try more fat and protein, it would work for some, not do much for others, and make some people feel worse. Matter of fact, that's how I started 24 years ago was with the Atkins diet. I just, I just, it worked great for me because I'm a fast oxidizer. But man, I had other people in the office try, I have no energy. I can't, everything sucks. Can't, 
because they were eating the wrong fuel mixture for them. So believe it or not, there are slow oxidizers. We're not all fast oxidizers. Again, if you're a fast oxidizer, you got to burn slow burning fuel, big logs on that fire, slow burning. If you put paper on a bonfire, a big hip, big fire, what happens? It's, it's gone. It's so, it's like that's what happens to people like Eskimos and Native Americans and, uh, and people like me who are, was a caveman at some point in my history. I know that. Um, you give us a lot of carbs. We burn it up so quick. We have no energy. Uh, we don't feel satisfied. We're craving and uh, we get mental fogginess even. Uh, blood sugar levels, crazy. Um, again, we're craving and we don't even feel, you can get in a bad mood. You get hangry all the time, even if you just ate. Imagine giving a Cree Indian um, uh, who live on the plains of northern Canada, just below the Eskimos, imagine giving them a bowl of fruit salad. They would, like, taste good. They'd love it. Oh, man, this fruit's amazing stuff. You know, and they'd eat it. But, man, in an hour, they'd be freaking starving because they burned up it so quickly. And, by the way, they would be craving more. And then, of course, the change in their blood sugar levels and their triglycerides and fat storage and ghrelin and leptin and these other uh, hormones involved would they'd be they'd be hungry all the time. They'd overeat. And guess what happens to Cree Indian villages in northern Canada? They're all in, they're all they're all going to the government, uh, uh, you know, clinics for diabetes. You know, and it's rampant obesity and diabetes. Well, in people who were perfectly healthy before this crappy diet came along. So I know I'm, I'm giving you a lot, but it all follows a common theme. Believe me, on eating right for your type, for your fast oxidizer, slow oxidizer, or somewhere in between. And you can adjust it, the percentages. You adjust it by the percentages of protein, fat, and carbs on the plate. Don't kill calories. Just look on the plate. And you'll start to know, well, man, this is going to be a good meal. Very satisfying. I'm going to be totally satiated. Satisfaction, satiation. Not only that, but I'm going to have good energy. You know, it's going to get me through to the next fuel stop. I'll be able to work. I'll be able to work out. I can do all this cool stuff, think clearly and stuff. Um, so the first one was satiation. The second one was energy. And the third thing, again, believe it or not, it's that I call it sense of well-being. And it shouldn't be too hard to grasp. You know, it's are you cranky for no reason? Are you just feeling out of sorts? It's just like, oh, man, it's just. And it could be the meal. You just start producing energy because you're giving your cells the right fuel mixture. And the energy is on a cellular level. And believe me, it affects everything in your body, every function in your body. Every function on your body depends upon cellular health. And so, and so there's a little bit about how you pick protein, fit, and courage. I, I I get lost because it's so exciting and it's so interesting how that works. And I know these things to be true from just experience in helping people. At some point, we've all been sold a lie. And let me tell you why. In the 80s, we all believed more protein equals more muscle growth. Well, it could be a lie. And let me tell you why. Because if you eat eight ounces of chicken breast, then you're consuming about 40 grams of protein. But... Just because something contains 40 grams of protein, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to absorb all 40 grams of protein because without enzymes, guess what? It could end up all in your toilet bowl. 
because your small intestines can only absorb protein that's been broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. So it doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein, if you don't have the sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, then guess what? You're gonna be starving for those vital building blocks. So it's really important that you take a high quality enzyme. So before you run out and just buy anything, guess what? I love Masszymes by Buy Optimizers because it has five different kinds of proteins and that's what you need, all five of them. So go there, go to masszymes.com slash waste away and use the coupon code wasteaway10 and you'll get 10% off. Well, I feel the best when I am on a paleo diet. I definitely feel that way. Like I, if I eat a paleo diet, that is how I feel the best. But I wouldn't say that's the way that I'm the most satiated. So it, I would, when I'm done eating a paleo diet, I feel great. I'm ready to go, but I'm not like, sometimes I finish that meal depending on what I eat. And I'm not completely satiated, um, but it is definitely how I feel the best. You're onto something. Because, well, satiation is part of, part of feeling good too. So it could be that you need it to add in, and you can play with this, Chantel. You could add in a little bit of a starchy, just one little piece of potato sometimes. My wife and I play this game all the time because she's more of a, slow oxidizer. Uh, originally, she's from a very small island off the coast of Venezuela, although she lived over half her life in, in England. Um, and so she just got this sort of um, different type of metabolism than me. So she has to add onto her plate, you know, I'll, just give me the meat and vegetables. But she has to add in a few more things or she doesn't get that sense of satiation and satisfaction. So here's the here's the the analogy. Let uh, but you you could be remember there's fast oxidizer, slow oxidizer, and somewhere in between. Therefore, there is a radio dial, and even if you're a fast oxidizer, within fast oxidizer, you can still have to dial it in a little bit. Um, Chantel, don't date yourself now, but do you remember the old, the radios that you used to have to turn the knob to get it to sound right? You know, and so you would just sort of um, dial it in and it would sound better and better. And then you you had it, right? You go, oh, that sounds the best right there. What does everyone do? They go past it a little bit just to double check and then back to where it sounded the best. So we call that dialing it in like a radio dial. And it's the same thing with your carb, fat, and protein ratios. I know I'm a fast oxidizer. And there's other things to know about your genetics, but fast oxidizer is a pretty good place to start. So I know I'm going to always, always, always be eating more protein and fat and less carbs. It's way over half protein and fat. And some, sometimes, and for some people, it's 80%, 85%. And so I don't, I've never met anyone that could only live healthy on just meat. You know, you've got to throw something else in there um, for different reasons, including the micronutrients um you can't get those all from uh, supplements but you know you you can get that 
rate of oxidation, that oxidative rate met by dialing in the protein, fat, and carb. So if you're not getting all three things, can't be just you, you feel more energy. That's fantastic. You feel like, oh, now I can go do my thing. Um, I want to also- stop you because I want to make sure that listeners understand. And I, I will tell you what I think, um, you know, what if someone's a slow oxidizer or a fast oxidizer, I, I will explain in my words what I think it is. And then you correct me. But your metabolism of like carbs, proteins and fat into energy is referred to as oxidation. And so the rate at which, you know, your nutrients are converted into energy within all of your body cells. So if your oxidation occurs too slowly or too fast, maybe the your energy production it could be like impaired. So you want to just try to get your oxidation rate, you know, the best for you. And so I wanted you to kind of explain kind of what is a kind of the telltale sign of someone who's a slow oxidizer. What's the telltale signs of someone who's a fat oxidizer? Did I kind of explain perfect. that? First of all, yeah, perfect. And we covered a little bit of your the, the answer in the just the two hours after you eat satiation. You can grade it. We have these little forms we use to grade it. Tell us what you ate for breakfast. Two hours later, tell us what's your energy like? Is it strong or is it nervous energy, you know, with tiredness underneath? What's your um, sense of satiation? Are you craving? You feel like something was missing? And you tend to feel that way a little bit, I think. And then, of course, the uh, the sense of well-being is a little tougher because some people just, me, I'm always in a good mood. I don't know why. I think eating right is part of it, but I just always pretty happy. Other people. Nippers seem to be happy. So it's harder for some people than others just to gauge their sense of well-being. But it's it's doable. But just consider, so two hours, that's the telltale signs. Now, if that goes on year after year after year, you know, you're, you're never really satiated. You're craving, you um, don't have enough energy. And and you just feel less energy. And, and the same thing's going on inside yourselves. There's less energy. Feel less. And then that sense of well-being. Well, after years, guess how you feel or look? It's called crappy. I think that's the medical diagnosis term. <laughs> so yeah, you, with the telltale signs are people show up out of sorts, out of shape, and uh, out of their mind trying to figure it all out. I had a lady really early on when I first started using that MT diet, um, and I just changed your diet. You know, I said, hey, tomorrow morning for breakfast, try this. I mean, I wasn't even doing intermittent fat. I should have had her skip breakfast, but this person. But um, but she's, I put her on, just said more protein and fat. And the next time she was in the office, she said, I can't even believe it. I can't believe how different I feel switching from toast and jam to some bacon and eggs, ham, you know, whatever it was. She just couldn't even believe the difference in her energy and her outlook on life. And and, the, and then, of course, she felt more like the exercising. She starts trimming up her weight. She had lots of other problems. She was on medication. There's lots of things going on with that lady. But just getting the macronutrient ratios right was changing her life. It was an early 
sign that, hey, look, you can take control. You can be responsible. You you can make some changes here. And um, everything else kind of goes, <laughs> flows. It flows out of that. It's, it's one of the most controllable epigenetic factors we have is dying. Mm. So you did beautiful, by the way. You <laughs> so what is the foods? So if if you had somebody who was um, a slow oxidizer, what foods are recommended for slow oxidizers? What foods are recommended for fast oxidizers? You know me, I got to always zoom out and zoom in. So I'm going to zoom out for just a second and say, look, the answer is it depends. But there's there's no one food that's right for everybody. And we do a lot of food sensitivity testing up front too, but there's no one food that's right for everyone. There's just banned foods for everyone. <laughs> there's foods that just no one can do well on. Um, a lot of these fake oils, you know, the the uh, hydrogenated things that are in everything, um, and on sugar, and on um, things, you know, things like that. So so there's some bad foods for everyone. Having said that. You know, we could go into a slow oxidizer and say, you know, organic, uh, fresh, combination of fresh and cooked uh, vegetables and things. Some fruits, the, the slow oxidizers can eat more fruits than a fast oxidizer. I pretty much don't eat any. Um, I, I eat some. Uh, I like the antioxidants and the, and the micronutrients I get, the minerals and things. But um, uh, I do just so much better. Uh, without that. So anyways, if you're slow, um, you're definitely going to eat more high quality complex carbs. And again, with the, I always do the food sensitivity testing because there's some trickiness around that. So you, I want to, I want to ask you about that because for me, I got on this kick where I was like, I'm going to test the, I'm gonna, I wanted to try a bunch of different food sensitivity tests. And so I did three different ones and what's funny is, and I did it pretty close together, like maybe I did one a couple of weeks later, did another, took an, waited a couple of weeks, took another. And they were all kind of the top ones that people say uh, that are yep. good for food sensitivity. And all three of them said just the most random things that I was sensitive to. All three said I was um, allergic to egg whites. Uh, all three said I was allergic to cow's milk. Um, but besides that, the rest of the food sensitivities were were a lot of things that I eat all the time, like blueberries. One said romaine lettuce. Like, I mean, I eat romaine lettuce like every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, blueberries was another one. I'm trying to think at some of the other, but they were so random and they were things like test one said these, you know, 10 things. Test two said these 10 things. But no, the only things that were the same was, and and none of them said gluten. None of them said gluten. And I feel horrible when I have gluten, but yet none of them said I was allergic to gluten. And they said, like, I feel fine when I eat blueberries. I don't feel bad when I eat eggs in general. Um, so that's what would you say if someone told you that? Like they took three different food sensitivity tests, they mm -hmm. all said three different things. What would your response be to that? Well, that's how testing goes sometimes. You know, I've been running 
labs for 24 years since I started at a wellness center in Southern California. And all I wanted to do, I, I wasn't even, I had no health problems of my own. I just wanted to help people in a new way from what I'd been doing. And so, so I study labs and, you know, there's more than three. There's at least 10 food sensitivity tests because there's different ways to measure that sensitivity, IgA, IgM, uh, you know, IgE. There's, there's different ways your immune system can respond. So the real question, now, by the way, I use mostly what's called the mediator release test. It's an even different way of looking at food sensitivities. So, so by the way, we're not talking about allergies. Those are IgE mediated and they, they are true allergies. And you'd know if you have an IgE reaction. So we're going to put allergies aside and just talk about different types of sensitivities and testing for that. And I've landed on this one, the mediator release test, because it seems to give the least amount of false positives, so to speak. But here's the real question. Can you have a sensitivity on a test that isn't really doing much harm in your body? Yes. You can have so sensitive for this and that, and it could be just such a teeny tiny little part of the chaos going on in your body that when you remove it, you don't feel any different eating it or not eating it. So you, you have to sort of just eliminate them all, whatever it says, eliminate them for three months. And the ones you really miss, like if you really miss something, you can start to uh, add it back in because the antibodies by within three months should have died down quite a bit. Even this mediated release test starts to change uh, the way it um, responds. And so you would just have to, that's the problem with it is you got to, you got to eliminate them. And then again, if you really, you know, if you feel fantastic, oh my God, I've had people whose migraines went away, their asthma went away, their ADD, their kid, I've changed lives so much. Um, I had a principal of a school once call me and say, Hey, what'd you put Billy on? We want some of that. And like, cause his whole, his whole behavior changed at school. It wasn't what I put him on. It's what I got him off of. We put him on a good diet that works for him and a better sleep schedule and some other things, some more nutrition, but you know, so, so it, with those different types of tests, you know, pick one, get off those foods and only enter and see how you feel basically. And it's not just how you feel. There's ways to measure the reactions, you know, like antibodies and um, inflammatory markers and uh, the microbiome. And there, there's lots of ways to kind of, you can track objectively, but even just how you feel really matters. If you feel freaking great not eating these things, I'm, I'm telling you, I had people who were, um, I remember a lady, she called me on a referral. You help my friend. Can you help me? I'm five days a week in a dark room with a pillow over my head because of pain from migraines and nothing helps me. No medication. No. We ran a couple of lives, got her off some stuff and her within three weeks, she was barely having what she called regular headaches. And so I just wanted to, again, that principal called me, what'd you put Billy on? Uh, no, we just tested him. We got him off some stuff, and now he's a well-behaved young man. 
nine years old, they wanted to put this kid on drugs, by the way. So, and others, kids that were had, having asthma attacks, couldn't play sports, got them back on the team. I coached football for a long time, so that was important. Why? Because we eliminated irritants or what I just call contributors to metabolic chaos. So you asked a great question, which test and what should I do? You know, yeah, it's, it's, you need guidance on the elimination and the re- possible reintroduction. You pay attention to how you feel. You need to change course along the way. Imagine that you just ran that test and got off these foods that are contributing to your migraines and your asthma and your ADD. Not to mention skin conditions. Oh my God, I've had amazing things going on with the hives and, and other things. So, so imagine doing that. And now you also are going to eat the right amount of protein, fat, and carb. And let's circle all the way back to where we started and say, what if you just ate the, you know, at the right time of day, the right amount? Oh my God. You know, I mean, you just took diet and made it a super weapon towards health and longevity and looking and feeling really good. Mm. Well, I have a question that I'm going to read. It's a little confusing, and I don't know that I understand it. Um, I've read it a couple times, but I'll read it again. It's from a girl named Janine Rockwell. She says, hello, I started intermittent fasting December 22nd. I have done clean fast eating. I've done a clean fast and only eat in the eating window for six hours. Then I changed it to up and down days where I clean fast for 36 hours, usually eating 500 calories around hour 24, then nothing until hour 36. I'm not seeing results with my measurements and honesty pants, but I think the total on the scale since December is eight pounds lost. On my up days, I don't limit what I eat. I eat what I want within reason. I don't eat junk food, but sometimes we'll crave a little sugar, but it's not the ha- it not in the house very often. I do work out often, but never intense, but do row, bike, or do weights. What am I doing wrong? It's, so I, the, the question, yeah. I, I couldn't totally understand what she was saying, but I think the gist of it is, Hey, I feel like I'm doing everything right. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Um, what would you say is some things that people would you say like if if they're not losing weight, they feel like they're you know doing intermittent fasting, you know, eating healthy within reason, but they're saying the scale's not moving as fast as I want to. What would you say like here's some of the top things that you see? Hey, are you you know what would be the questions you would be asking? of what you would say that they're they're doing wrong. Well, first of all, congratulations. You started December 22nd and nobody starts a diet December 22nd. That's right. That's right. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, so um but good for you for for wanting it and um for starting to use uh a different approach, you know, like 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 watching what you eat. The, the, but I think a more systematized and disciplined approach would be better for this person because they just, um, what, what the symptom, the different things they mention, it's kind of random. So, um, 
again, I, I mean, that emptydiet.com is a good place to start. It'll give you your oxidative rate. And there's another factor we haven't even talked about. We just can't go into it all in one show, but um, balancing your nervous system. Remember, remember I mentioned the sympathetic, parasympathetic. Believe it or not, food can strengthen one side. Um, for you, if you're a sympathetic dominant, like my wife, you know, you need to strengthen the sympathetic, the parasympathetic, so you can um, have more diversity and go poop better. Well, you know, for me, I'm already parasympathetic dominant, like so much so I have to get the balance in there and stimulate the sympathetic side. Believe it or not, we're like the tortoise and the hare. I'm the tortoise. And she's the hair. There's no question about it. People are different. But they can live in harmony, I swear. I keep telling her. Because uh, we just have to work this thing out with, with what we're eating. You know, more of this on your plate, less on my plate uh, of that thing, you know, and, and vice versa. So so this person needs more something more systematized. They need some objective markers. And even the subjective need to be looked at more closely. Again, that satiation, uh, hunger, hunger satisfaction, hunger satisfaction, satiation, um, the energy and the sense of well-being. Just think about that. Like, and and uh, when you're putting that food on your plate, pay attention and pay attention to the macronutrient ratios. Always a good place to start. And, and really eat that way for a couple of days and see how you're doing, satiation, um, energy, and and sense well-being, and start adjusting. I would probably up the protein and fat a little bit. Um, to to and if it moves you in the right, remember you're going to dial it in. Now, if you feel, hey, I feel more energy, um, more satisfaction, and I'm not sure I got the sense of well-being thing. I'm still a little cranky, or without a good reason, um. <laughs> You can be cranky if you have a good reason. But you, so, well, then try adjusting it a little bit more. And when, when, if you get it just right, you'll know it. You'll know that this is working for you. It really is amazing. And if you go past too far, too much protein or fat for your oxidative rate, you can certainly, well, I'm going to add it back in. I feel better when I have, you know, a little more of the vegetation um, or, even a piece of fruit or a piece of starch, or one small piece of potato or something like that. You can throw in a little bit. Besides, that's really good for your microbiome too. You know, um, and so so I don't know if I completely bungled that or helped this person. But I'd want to know. I want to I wanna just kind of tell people who don't understand what that is. So your sympathetic nervous system is best known for like if you are like getting chased by a lion, right? stressful situations. So like for me, like if I'm at work, I'm, I'm in a sympathetic state and in an ideal world, like we would only eat when we're in a parasympathetic state. And if we're eating in a sympathetic state, when we're in that, you know, fight or flight, you know, responses engaged, then what happens is your digestion, your absorption, your elimination is compromised. And then we're not able to utilize our nutrition, like our nutrients effectively. And so that I know that is my problem because especially like at work, I'm 
always in a fight or flight. Like it's always like, oh, we got this, we got this, boom, 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 fast, fast, let's go, let's go, boom, boom, boom. And then it's like, okay, let's go eat lunch. And now I'm like, and now I'm eating too fast and all of the other craziness that that goes on with me. But that's why for me, when I do really well, where I'm eating my main meal at night, where I'm not at work, I'm more in a calmer state, I'm more relaxed. And that's when my digestion is going to be better. My absorption is going to be better. Everything is going to be better, but that's surprising. I mean, because you you've got a lot on your plate too, and so you're you're saying that you just in general you would say that you are naturally live in a more parasympathetic state. Would you say that? Oh yeah, for sure. And people are kind of born that way, um, and it's very genetically uh, handed down. Um, you know, I came from people who. Um, would go two, three days without eating till they killed something and they'd cook it, you know, clean it, cook it, eat it. And then they would do nothing for another two or three days. You know, they just were lived on that whole, um, just satiation and, and, um, and, uh, parasympathetic, you know, you would rest and digest, you'd rest and digest, rest and digest. And, um, so when you did get, uh, sympathetic dominant, it was because you're out there and you, you skinned your knee on a rock or say we're too tiger scared you, or, you know, you're, you're in the excitement of the hunt, you know, and these kind of things. So it doesn't mean you're, you're never, uh, sympathetic, um, but you naturally return. I just naturally return to, uh, parasympathetic. No, it's just, it's just my nature. I'm a guy that doesn't get scared much. You know, I can um, control my heart rate much easier than other people. And, and you know, I mean, if it's bar fight time, you know, you probably want to have me around because I'm going to be calm and cool, collected, and try to settle it. And, you know, um, I'm not going to go, oh, my God, bar fight. You know, run. The house is on fire. You know, just some people just lean more that way. And they're always, you know looking around and nervous and just stuff. And they don't even know why. A lot of times it's because they're not, if they would just eat differently, boost up the parasympathetic, breathe differently, um, uh, do some, just invoke that parasympathetic more, rest and digest. Just think rest and digest. We were meant to smell our food. I still get turned on smelling good food. You know, it's like, wow, what a warm and, and a wonderful feeling it gives it because it, you know, it puts me in my natural parasympathetic state and your juices start flowing, your saliva, and you're able to chew your food. And, you know, you, I won't explain how digestion works, but you get the point. And it's from one end all the way through to the other. It's a very rest and digest parasympathetic thing to do. So if you're eating a, a burger in the car, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it, it just it would never work for me for sure. Um, I don't allow eating in my car, um, but <laughs> uh, I wouldn't eat standing up either. You know. Mm. Well, we are out of time, but I oh no, to we just got started. People. I know I could talk to you forever, but I want you to talk to people about how they can get involved with your functional health certification 
And, you know, a lot of you guys have been listening to this podcast. You guys are so advanced. And, you know, you've tried to kind of solve some of your complex issues. Um, and you've been listening and you go, you know, I'm passionate about kind of training other people. So I want you to talk about what you do with FDN training and how people can learn more about being a FDN practitioner. Oh, thank you for that. You know, I'm not here to sell anything, but I'll just tell you that I, I got into to, to not for my own health, but just to help others, but face the same challenges that anyone listening to this is facing or knows someone who's facing it. You know, like everybody coming in our office, Chantel, was unhappy. They were searching desperately for an alternative. We were a well alternative wellness center. You know, 1999, a long time ago. And I saw how people struggled. And, you know, I put it to mind that I would be the last person they needed to see. I didn't know how, but I ran labs, thousands of labs on thousands of people for 10 years before I ever taught anything except to my, our patients and my clients. And so I figured a few things out in 10 years. <laughs> I had great mentorship and lots of education and courses, but man, working face-to-face -face with people was, I would say I worked really hard, except for it was all quite joyful, you know, uh, labor of love and passion. And finally, after 10 years, I was asked to teach. So I just wanted to put that, you know, I don't teach what I learned in a workshop a month ago from someone else or a year ago. I teach what I learned of 10 long years in the clinic helping Mr. Jones and Mrs. Smith, you know, face-to-face, -face, running lamps and figuring out what protocol, what diet and rest and exercise and stress reduction and supplementation would help this person customize the, I would call it D-R-E-S-S, diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation. That's how you help someone fix themselves. Uh, obviously, we run on the labs first, and the course includes all the labs, everything you need to know. But it's that D-R-E-S-S -S that is what people apply to themselves and we teach how to do it. I can teach you everything I learned in 10 years, in that 10 years, in 10 months. And all everything I've learned is too. But but um, you would go to fdntraining.com slash waste away, which is named after you, waste away. And uh, you get that free dress for health success guidebook. So there's a guidebook on this dress for health success. And that's where I tell people to go, just go get a free book on diet, which we've been talking all about. And it also talks about rest and exercise and stress reduction. Um, you've heard that word stress before, Shinto. <laughs> so in, when you when you live in, you, it's ubiquitous. But if you don't recognize whether it's mental, emotional or physical and old traumas and, and uh, then the chemical, biochemical, uh, stuff, then you, you were kind of, you're not systematized. So I systematized it and that's our strength. So go get dressed for health success at, uh, fdntraining.com slash waste away. That's fdntraining.com slash waste away. Mm, love it. Well, you guys, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Reed, for coming back on and you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.